It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 306 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Immortal Soon, and today is May 7th, 2021, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off with my weekend gaming, so to speak. Um, I have been playing Diablo 3 a little bit. I've been leveling up a little Barbarian because I had an issue with lag that I think I might have talked about in the previous episode, but can't remember right now, but my Necromancer was getting really, really lagged, and I did all these things to try and alleviate that. Didn't really work, so I just went back to the Barbarian, and so far, that's working, so I will get back to um, playing the Barbarian again. I did just post on social media... A little video titled Little Barbarian because he was at like six when I started the video and I've continued to level him up but I just didn't record it because I was tired or busy or maybe just didn't think it was that exciting to watch me level a barb again after all the times I have and so that's up. You can find that at bookofgen.net. And there's a link to, there'll be a link to that in the show notes as well. In addition, I did get into the Diablo Immortal closed alpha and I've been making some videos. I've got about five videos of stuff as I worked my way through some of the game. I'm much, much slower than the streamers are for obvious reasons. Streamers stream games a lot longer than I have time or ability to play. And I'm having fun with it still. It's really good. Most of the videos, if not all of them, I've cut out what might be spoilers because I don't want people to already know about something cool in the game before they get to play it and not know that that's in there. And I just bumped my keyboard because I'm really coordinated today. Probably came up in the audio. Anyway, um, I didn't want to like put spoilers out for people that were, were trying very hard to not get spoiled before they get a chance to play the game. So there'll be those coming out on bookofgen.net fairly soon, and they'll eventually hit my YouTube, which is Book of Gen, pretty easy to find. So that's, I guess, my week in gaming. The most difficult thing I'm having trouble with with the uh, Diablo Immortal is finding time to record it without having my birds start singing because Sean and I have cockatiels and every once in a while they'll wake up and hear me talking because I'm doing a recording and I'm, you know, kind of speaking the thoughts I have about the game as I go and they'll decide that it's time to sing now. So that's kind of, I know at least one video has bird song in it that should not be there at all, but that's the biggest problem and that's, that's, not any problem with the game itself so I think that's a pretty good closed alpha if I'm not seeing any huge problems. I've noticed a few things like some of the quests the voice actor or actress is saying something but the text doesn't match what they're saying. It's close but it's not exactly the same so I actually left feedback on that and a couple other little things like that but it's really fun. It's a really, really fun game, and I'm hoping that everybody that's been interested in this game gets to play it 
And it seems like it's going to be soon that you might get your opportunity because today the Diablo account on Twitter linked to the Diablo Immortal website, the Blizzard website. And the first thing it says is Diablo Immortal, the Diablo universe comes to mobile, pre-register now. And underneath it says coming soon to iPhone, iPad, and Android. So I'm not sure what pre-register means. It doesn't seem like... My interpretation of this is pre-register means, hey, I want to play this game, you know, send it to me when you do the rollout first, that kind of thing. It doesn't sound to me like pre-register and get into a beta. I mean, there could be a beta, I don't know, but this really feels like pre-register now. I mean, I'm going to click that and see what happens. You get to the bottom and you can pre-register on Google Play just by clicking a button. And then the App Store, you got to do all these shenanigans to try to get that. So, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just didn't update that part of the site. Hard to say. But if you haven't gotten into the closed alpha or the technical alpha, then I guess it's worth a shot to pre-register and see what happens. Maybe there'll be a beta. Maybe it'll be... I mean, it just I feel like coming soon means this year for sure. At the very least, and that's exciting because I really want to like dive into this game and figure out all the lore in it and how it all connects with the lore we already know about the Diablo series and maybe start doing my Jen's Lore Corner again if I can find the time. And It's just been so much fun. It's Once you get used to it, like I've played mobile games a lot before this game came out. For me, playing on a tablet is pretty normal. I'm used to that kind of maneuvering and as someone who's got chronic illnesses that well I have fibromyalgia among other things and if I'm playing Diablo 3 and I'm using a mouse and a keyboard eventually my hands kind of wear out and I can't keep going for that long which is why I'll really never be a streamer like in a regular way ever because I can't keep up with the amount of time people mostly stream but with the tablet I can play longer and it doesn't hurt when I'm done. So, you know, that kind of thing is cool. I like that about the game and how accessible it is as far as that. But I'm hearing that people who have never played mobile games are struggling with it because it's something they're just unfamiliar with. So if that's you, give the game a try. It's totally worth it. And you'll figure out how to maneuver around and stuff like that. My biggest problem with it was when I started, I kept getting stuck in the scenery <laughs> because I couldn't quite understand where you can walk through and where is scenery that you're going to just get stuck in the, stuck into or whatever and you know it's really fun though it's a great game i highly recommend that you play it and um so does uh brandy camel who you may know as nevelistus because she used to be a community manager for uh diablo 3 and has since moved on to um i want to say wizards of the coast i think that's who's doing the dungeons and dragons stuff now and Apparently, she's having a good time over there as well. She posted a thread on Twitter. And again, everything I'm talking about will go into the show notes. And um, she started the thread with a picture of the Crusader. So she's playing a Crusader, and she's playing the same style of Crusader as I picked, the one that Diablo put in as the face of the Crusader when they were featuring this class, letting people know that that was going to be released in this closed alpha and that we should test it out basically and it's the same one it's um the uh female crusader it's the black female crusader and the voice actor for this is phenomenal i've just 
whoever it is is doing a great job. There's a lot of emotion in that person's voice for this character. So I'm going to read you the first tweet in the thread that Brandy Camel wrote, and you can find the rest for yourself on Twitter. She wrote, been getting a bit of play in on at Diablo Immortal and enjoying myself as I knew I would. I clocked quite a few hours as an employee. I have less excuse to play now, but I play a lot of mobile games, so I'm not surprised I'm spending time with it. And she goes on from there, and it's a really positive thread about Diablo Immortal. And, you know, if you want to see what a former CM of Blizzard thinks about the game, this is the thread for you. In addition, the Diablo Immortal account tweeted out a couple of tweets showing different locations in Diablo Immortal, and the first one and the second one come from, it looks like something in the corner if it says Codex, and it says Guide, and underneath Guide there's like four options, Guide, Battle Pass, Activities, Exploration, and it's, they've got it set to Guide, and the first one is Mount, I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong, I'm sure, Mount Zavain or Zavian or I'm not sure and there's a little description of it and the Diablo Immortal account described it this way meet the monks on Mount Zavian <laughs> I don't know how to say this I'm gonna have to hear it before I know how to say this and repel the savage Khazra invasion the second one is the frozen tundra area and for that the Diablo Immortal account tweeted Rally the barbarian tribes of the frozen tundra to drive back the forces of Bale's army. And both of those sound like a lot of fun, like these two types of battles. I mean, how many times have we fought Khazra, you know what I mean, <laughs> in Diablo 3? And it's just, this is going to be fun. I feel like there's so much in Diablo Immortal that some of it I'm just starting to find as I've played and I haven't like I said I haven't played as much as like the streamers do but I'm learning things like there's a section in the interface where you can go and see how many bosses you've already beat and which area they're in and when you beat them you can click on their portrait which will be highlighted to show you you just beat this one or hey while you're playing today these are the ones you you killed off or fought at least um I'm not going to go into that any farther, but some of them don't die right away and you have to chase them down again. And some of them do. And it's, it's just kind of, it's a lot of fun, but you can go there and click on it. And then, you know, for sure, okay, these are the boss fights in this area. Which ones haven't I killed yet? And you can go like seek them out. That's kind of cool. And I was so impressed by how many bosses there are that you can fight like in dungeons and stuff. It just was like, oh my gosh, it's more than just a couple of dungeons that we saw people make videos about during the technical alpha. There's a lot more. There's a lot of stuff packed into this little app game. I mean, I guess it's not little, but I think of app games as smaller than what you'd have on a computer. So there's that. There's, uh, I finally unlocked the bestiary and it's like, I think one of my, I'm sure in one of my videos, I said, okay, this is like the weirdest form of Pokemon because what you have to do is you go and fight some monsters and they'll drop some kind of essence and you could use that essence to unlock something in the bestiary and it'll show you which monsters you've encountered and you can pick like, you know, okay, I'm going to use, you know, some of this essence to tell me more about a monster I've encountered but haven't completely opened up in the bestiary yet, and it'll tell you more. Now, in the closed alpha, it shows you the name of the beast, 
and a drawing of the beast, which some of those the Diablo Immortal account has been posting as you know as time went on with this game. Um, so you know you'll see like that kind of art where it's sort of like a charcoal sketch kind of thing. It looks really cool, and it will randomly show you one of the monsters that you haven't you've you've met or you've fought, but you haven't unlocked in the bestiary. And it's my understanding that. It may also show you one you've already done, and you've already opened up. And in in the closed alpha, there is room in there for a description of the monster, but it's not there. It's like uh, filler space in there, you know, kind of implying that there will be more there when the game is released. And it's just, it's really neat. Now, the other cool thing about it is the first time you get access to the bestiary, it looks very much in style like the Book of Cain or the Book of Tyriel or the Book of Adriel, where it looks like a big, fat, hardcover book with a lot of particular, like, sort of layered designs on the front of it. And I did not go and look up to see if there is a bestiary for Diablo 3 that's been released or Diablo in general that's been released. But, boy, this looks like something that might be coming down the road after, you know, people get more of a chance to play Diablo Immortal, I think it's going to be in there, you know? Sometimes so that it's, you know, not necessarily a spoiler for the game, I would think, but I kind of want to get my hands on that because I really like the art of all of the Diablo games, and you might as well. So there's that. I also learned you can have this game give you notifications. So, like, when the bounties refresh, it'll tell you, and you can jump in there. Didn't know about that. I mean, I told it, yeah, sure, send me notifications. I want to see how it works. And it's it works pretty good. And if I leave the sound on on my tablet, I'll get like this little sound that none of my other apps do. And I know, oh, something happened in Diablo Immortal. Maybe I'm going to go play. And I think that's a good thing to remind you like, hey, it's over here. Go get it. You know, if you're like working or whatever you're doing, you know, <laughs> waking up or something like that. It's, there's so much stuff. I mean, I, I know I haven't uncovered very much at all in there. And there's just, I can't even tell you how much stuff is in there. I haven't, like I said, I haven't gone into everything. There's a lot of stuff I haven't done yet. I'm going to try to get in and do when I have the opportunity. But this game is so good. It's just so good. And I hope the, you know, Diablo Immortal website that says coming soon, I hope that really will be soon and not like, Christmas, you know? I mean, Christmas wouldn't be terrible, but that seems like such a long time to wait to play the game or to have more people able to play the game. So, anyway, I'll stop rambling about Diablo Immortal a little bit here, I suppose. Um, well, not entirely, though. Uh, Rod Ferguson, who is the EP of the Diablo franchise at Blizzard, tweeted out a congratulations to someone who... Um, well, I'll just read his tweet... And then I'll explain it if you haven't played the game. So Rod Ferguson wrote, Congratulations to the House of Silk for ascending in hashtag Diablo Immortal and for Zarchi, I hope I pronounced that right, becoming the first ever immortal outside of the development team. Now to fend off those pesky shadow houses while protecting the vault through the next cycle of strife. Now the cycle of strife... Um, I think I've mentioned a little bit before, but there's... Okay, so you start your game, you go through some of the quests and content and stuff like this, and you level up to, at this point, I think it's capped at 55, I think? And once you hit that point, you're essentially in endgame, but 
I know that sounds like, oh, there's not much left to do, but no, there's lots. You can, um, you can join a clan early on before you hit that level. And then at 55, you get to pick, do you want to become an immortal or do you want to become part of the shadow groups? And the two fight each other in battlegrounds and other things like that. So it's, it's PvP. It's PvP, and that's not something you got in Diablo 3, so a lot of people are going to be interested in this if they like to do PvP. And this tweet is highlighting that this person, Zarchi, I think that's how you say it, uh, is the first person to, you know, ascend to the immortal, you know, the first ever immortal outside of the development team. Because I would hope the development team had people that, you know, got the high level in immortal and that's uh, that's who's got it now. I don't know how long. It looks like it'll last for seven days and then somebody else can try to get it or something like that. But it's kind of cool. I'm also hearing just from reading tweets on the internet um, <laughs> that there's some indication that maybe the immortals get some extra perks than the shadows do. But I'm not certain of this because I haven't, I haven't played through any of this stuff yet. So I'm not sure. But... This, at least, you know, this is coming from Rod Ferguson, who is the EP of the Diablo franchise at Blizzard. I'm going to assume he knows what he's talking about based on that. He seems pretty reliable, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, we also have, going a little bit into the Diablo community outside of Blizzard, we have uh, Hearthstone, Hearthstone to Hell has released episode 23, and it is the Immortal episode. So um, Shazam is uh, talking to, or talks about a potential upcoming uh, D2R beta and his impressions of the Diablo Immortal Alpha so far. So if you want to know his experience in it, that would be a good episode to listen to. He is able to play the game a lot more than I am. And you know, I've done some podcasting with him when he was part of Shattered Soulstone and, and when I wasn't... Uh, on the show anymore but was editing and that kind of stuff and he has a lot of insight into what he thinks about the games he's playing and why and he's also able to get into some of this higher content way quicker than me so if you want that perspective go check out hearthstone to hell episode 23 which came out on may 3rd you know not that long ago Liz Planet has an article that they wrote called diablo immortal closed alpha coming to south korea and japan and there's like a calendar on here and all this other stuff. But basically, uh, the Diablo Immortal closed alpha barely started 15 days ago. Now we have a second and third closed alpha test in the pipeline. And that's where it's from. Uh, there was only one alpha test in Australia for Call of Duty. I don't know why that compares, but apparently there was a Diablo Immortal technical alpha and a closed alpha. The closed alpha is now coming to South Korea and Japan for a total of four alpha tests. So the person who wrote this is questioning, when will the beta start? There should be a beta. I mean, technically, like I've been in betas for Blizzard games. I've been in alphas. I've been in technical alphas for Blizzard games. I've gotten in for some of the World of Warcraft stuff. Some of the Heroes of the Storm, I got in on that. And Hearthstone, did I get in on Hearthstone? Not sure. I can't remember exactly. I might have. And Diablo, of course. I got into the Diablo technical alphas, Diablo 3 technical alphas, and the alpha and or beta for the Necromancer class when that came out, and the Crusaders. So I've done a lot of these, and I think 
I don't know why they're picking me other than I opted in. You have to opt in for these things and be lucky enough to be chosen in some cases. Sometimes you can get access by other means from people in the community that are allowed to do that for others. And what what I feel I'm giving is here is, you know, a more casual player's experience in the game. And, I mean, I play a lot. It's not like I barely play any Diablo games. I've been playing Diablo games forever, you know. And I am still playing, you know, Diablo 3 and Diablo Immortal and that kind of stuff. But I think it's really easy to find a bunch of people who can play for hours on end and get to the high-level content and have really good ideas about what they think about that and what really can be improved or what is already awesome and shouldn't be changed or whatever. I'm not going to get there anytime soon. So the only thing I can give out is like, here's what someone who plays more casually is going to maybe feel about the game, that kind of thing. So I've been in a whole lot of these and there is usually a beta after an alpha. You know, sometimes there's more than one alpha, like we've had the technical alpha in Diablo Immortal and now the closed alpha. The next thing coming up could be a beta, but we don't know when or if. I mean, they don't have to do a beta, I suppose, if everything's just rocking along just great. They don't have to do that. And with the website for Diablo Immortal saying coming soon, I kind of feel like soon could be a month from now. Soon could be a couple of months from now. I just hope they don't you know, wait until Christmas or something because I think that's going to make people just really essentially go through withdrawal for the game. Like we saw the people who got into the technical alpha when that ended, they all wanted to keep playing it again and couldn't wait for it to be back. So we'll see. I'm not sure how the closed alpha coming to South Korea and Japan plays a role in whether or not there's going to be a beta or when that's going to happen. But it's kind of interesting to see that other countries are getting in on this. And then Kelric. Kelworth Rick is an amazing artist and has posted a digital art illustration. And I got to say, Twitter recently, if you're not on Twitter, this probably doesn't matter to you. But Twitter recently changed the way they crop photos and art and made it so when you click on it, you can see, like, if you click on that tweet, someone says, here's my art, this is what it is, and you click on that tweet, you can see the entire piece of art. It's not, like, cropped down to, like, a little section of it. And so a lot of artists now are posting their work or posting older work that got cropped in unfortunate ways previously on Twitter. So if you go now, you'll see full pieces of art, and Calvary's art is one of those uh, Kelrick has described this art as Lilith with a flesh cape, Diablo 4 fan art repaint done on ArtStation. And it's really good. It's really good. It's kind of a different take than, I mean, it's clearly Lilith. Clearly the armor and, and all of that is clearly Lilith. The headpiece she's wearing is something Kelrick seems to have designed. The wings are a little bit different. There is, uh, if you have the statue, if you've seen pictures of the statue of Lilith, she's holding like this demon's head, which may or may not be Diablo. I don't know. Haven't looked into that too far just yet, but whatever. And that, the horns of that are sitting like next to her. And it's just, it's a fantastic piece of art. So if you like Kelrick's art, which you should, because Kelrick is fantastic with that. Or if you just really like Lilith, this is something to check out. Moving on, we have Pure Diablo. And they wrote a couple of days ago about Diablo 4, quote, will advance the art of the action RPG genre, says 
Blizzard, and this is from the Activision Blizzard financial results. And there's some little pieces in there that was about the Diablo games. One of them, Diablo Immortal, which is currently in its second phase of testing, is still on track for release this year, which is good, but like... When? When this year can everybody play this? You know, that's what I want to know. But of course, they didn't put that in the financial results. Um, also on Diablo 4, the financial results, results say that development is progressing very well with a, quote, significant expanded team, end quote. They also mentioned they plan on releasing, quote, robust, end quote, in-game content to the community. So that's going to be a lot of stuff probably packed into D4, which is good. The more stuff, the better. People will play more. People will, you know, hunt down achievements and everything else more if there's more stuff to find, if they're completionists, or they'll just do the stuff they like over and over and have a good time. That's good, too. And it also says, according to Blizzard CEO J. Allen Brack, there's a lot of momentum with the Diablo franchise and there's a lot of, quote, community interest, end quote, around the development of Diablo 4. I don't think that's something that was a surprise. I mean, if you think back to BlizzCon 2018 and how we all hoped, oh, we're going to get D4, we're going to get an announcement for D4, and we didn't, and we got Diablo Immortal announcement, and people were really upset at the time, but now everybody loves Diablo Immortal, so that's kind of neat. But maybe like the investors or whatever didn't understand how popular Diablo 4 is already without it ever being in like a technical alpha or anything like that. Yeah, so there's some other stuff in there, but that's kind of some of that. It seems very positive. I know for years there's been just sort of these like lull periods where not much happens with the Diablo franchises. And now it's like, we've got Diablo Immortal in the alphas. We've got uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected coming out eventually, you know, like soon. It seems like it's going to be soon. We've got them talking about how they're going to put all this stuff into Diablo 4. This is a gold mine. I wish they could do this stuff more often, but I also wonder, like, who among you has time to play Diablo 3, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Diablo Immortal, and Diablo 4 if they're all out at the same time per frame. Like, I don't think I don't think Diablo 4 and Diablo Immortal are going to release at the same time because it looks like Diablo 4 might be later. Um, and they're saying that Diablo Immortal will be, you know, on track for release this year. But, like, all those, like, how would you split your time between these four games and, like, the rest of your life, you know? It's going to be an interesting balance. Speaking of Diablo 3, which I mentioned a little bit somewhere in this rambling that I'm doing today, the Diablo account posted a tweet on May 4th. It is about the weekly challenge rift in the Americas, and it is a witch doctor rift, and it has uh, hounds and spirit walk, and I haven't tried it yet because I haven't gotten back in there, but I like that they post the challenge rifts and they make like a little video about it because it reminds me, oh yeah, I could go do that if I want to. And at the start of the season, I, I generally do want to do whatever the challenge rift is and hopefully finish it and get a lot of loot and gold and all that good stuff. But I think there might be people who just do them for fun after they've done the first one of the season and got all the stuff. Or maybe they've had a lot of like misfortune in battle in Diablo 3 and need to do a lot of expensive repairs on their gear and so they want to go get the gold again or whatever. But I don't remember the Diablo account 
emphasizing the challenge rifts weekly like this other than recently. You know, the Diablo challenge rifts have... Diablo 3, I gotta clarify now there's so many Diablo games. The Diablo 3 challenge rift has been around for a while and they do pick it from players' builds is how it goes and they'll find one and go, yeah, let's, let's make that the challenge rift and it's based on a character that a player is using with the gear and the uh, spells and all this other stuff, of the stuff that's in the cube and all these other kinds of things and the actual rift they ran through when they were playing this. Like, that's how they decide, okay, that's going to be our next challenge rift because they think that is going to be a challenge and it generally is. But it's it's nice that they're posting it. I don't do all of them, but if it's a barbarian rift, I will because that's kind of my thing. But otherwise, I mean... I'll give it a try at the start of the season, and that's about it. But this might make more people want to try it if they're into that kind of challenge. And I like that they're still doing that, even though there's all this hype about Diablo Immortal right now. They're still, like, doing things for Diablo 3, which is nice. IGN has an article that was posted on May 5th called How Diablo 2 is Changing on Its Path to Resurrection While Staying True to Its Roots. And this is, uh, let's see, they interviewed a couple people involved with the Diablo 2 Resurrected, and one of them is Rob Gallerani, principal designer on Diablo 2 Resurrected, talking about the recent alpha. There's also, maybe it's just him, nope, there's also lead artist Chris Amaral talking about some things in here, so it's a bit of an interview kind of thing. It's also got a bunch of screenshots and some videos and all this cool stuff. So if you want to know some more behind the scenes about Diablo 2, then this is the article for you right now. It was posted fairly recently. They're talking about a little bit in here and just skimming it because I'm not going to... It's a long article and it's detailed and I'm not going to read the whole thing on a podcast. You know, I think that would probably be copyright <laughs> kind of stuff, you know. So anyway, they do talk about... The thing that happened with the Resurrected where they were able to discover a roadmap to help them to figure out the art because some of the original documentation by artists at Blizzard North for Diablo 2's inventory art, they were able to access some of that. And if you follow some of the people involved in Diablo 2, not Diablo 2 Resurrected, they've talked about it on, on Twitter at the very least and shown some old art assets and things like that. So... There's a lot to that going on as well, and it's just kind of neat. It's kind of neat to see a game from that far back be, well, resurrected, and it looks really good. It still gives you the option to play with the old graphics or the new graphics. You still can't play it on a Mac because the old original Diablo 2 was never made for Mac, so I'm not upset about that. If you make a brand new game and you say, we're not going to put it on the Mac, then I'm kind of mad, you know, if it's one I want to play. But this, I get. You can play it on, like, Xbox, which is what I'm going to do, Xbox S. And you, you can figure out where to find it if you need to. There's another article by PC Games. Diablo character sparks a trademark fight between Blizzard and Fox. And this is the most entertaining title and the most ridiculous title about Diablo stuff I have ever seen, to be quite honest. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, what did they do, you know? So here's what happened in brief, and you can read the article later if you'd like to. So there, obviously Diablo is 
a big, you know, character in the Diablo games from, well, now Blizzard Activision, but Blizzard originally and all that other stuff. So that's a thing. And all of us that, you know, play the games and listen to podcasts about Diablo games, you know, we, our first thought is Diablo, that's that's who that is. And we probably have some little, you know, figures of them and things like that at our house and stuff like that. But what happened was there's a show called House Broken, and it is two words pushed together with two capitals. It's an animated sitcom about a therapy dog named Honey and her fellow neighborhood pets. I'm assuming, like, I don't know if this is a kid's show or if it's, like, one that's for adults, like, Bojack Horseman or something like that. So one of those dogs in the show is named Diablo, and it is voiced by Arrested Development star Tony Hale. Fox has sought to register the name Diablo with the trademark office, presumably to market show-related merchandise, including pet food, pet bowls, and or treat jars. Blizzard's attorneys have objected, obviously, and seek to block Fox's application, arguing in their filing that Fox's use of the term Diablo is, quote, likely to cause confusion or mistake or to deceive, end quote, and would thus be prohibited under federal trademark law. And then there's more in this article, if you want to hear a little bit more, it's a relatively short article, and it does have a video of the house broken cartoon with, you know, Fox animation logo kind of thing in the corner. So there's that. And we'll see how that goes. But I would guess that the Blizzard team would have priority over that, considering how far back that Diablo character goes. We're talking D1, like in the 90s or whatever it was. So I think they'll win. The word Diablo, it means devil in Spanish. So if you didn't know that, surprise, that's what it means. <laughs> and uh, you can't trademark a word and say no one else can use this word but if you make it a character then you have the trademark especially if it's well established and you know it, it has been for the Diablo games for decades so for Fox to come up with a cartoon that I I think is probably not for kids I'm not sure I didn't really look into it too far but other than to read the article you know there's a video there I haven't played it I feel like now that they've made a character with the same name to try to take the copyright away from, you know, a gaming company that's had that character very prominently in, you know, a whole series of games now. Yeah, I don't think Fox is going to win that, you know? I think somebody didn't, like, check before they tried to copyright that. And I just got a few more things here and then I'll end this episode. Blizzard has posted a helpful little piece of information called overlay incompatibilities and this relates to pretty much all of their games it's got a whole list of little icons for relevant products and it's darn near everything that they make or that activision makes and the common problem that they're addressing is some overlay programs can cause blizzard games to crash the description is this Programs with an overlay can cause Blizzard games to crash or black screen if they are not fully updated, while others may cause crashes even if updated. If updating the program does not help, disable or uninstall it before playing. Some examples of these programs are, and there's a few here, Airfoil, EVGA Precision, Mumble. Who's still using Mumble? I mean, you know... 
good for you, but like I, I, I haven't even heard that in a long time. Uh, something called Taxi, T-A-K-S-I, Next Cam, uh, D-X Tori, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, M-S-I, Afterburner, Radeon Pro, X-Fire, and Discord. I do use Discord. I have played video games with people and talked to them on Discord to, you know, coordinate, like, you know, like you do when you're playing a game with somebody and also just to talk to your friend is always fun too and those things overlap quite a bit. But Discord? Discord. Okay. Not sure about that. I mean, Discord works pretty good most of the time. And I think that if you are a streamer, a lot of streamers have their Discord open so that followers that are, you know, pretty regularly you know, there in the chat can send a message to the streamer that way or can, you know, post some art in their Discord about whatever or that kind of thing. And it's a way to also, uh, I've seen some streamers have people pop into their Discord chat. And so while the streamer is playing a game, they can still have a conversation through, you know, through Twitch with whoever this other person is because everybody knows, okay, yeah, we know you're streaming and I know if I get into your Discord and talk, then that's going to be part of your stream and everybody's, you know, cool with that idea, basically, if they're going to go do that. But, like, Discord? Really? Like, how is Discord causing games to crash? I don't understand it. Earlier, like, the previous episode I talked about, I had all this lag going on with my Necromancer, and the friend I was playing Diablo 3 with didn't have any lag at all and could see my Necromancer doing stuff, but I couldn't see it on my end, and we were talking in Discord, but the lag problem started before that a little bit. It just became really obvious when I started playing the game with a friend, so I'm wondering, like, that's not a crash, so what is this exactly? Are they really getting a lot of people giving them feedback saying my game is crashing and I'm using this. And so they're assuming that that's the problem or, or whatever. But I guess if you're using discord, which I think might be the most popular thing on this list and it is not a full list, then in your game crashes, maybe you got to do something other than discord. I don't, I do not know. And finally, also from Blizzard, but about World of Warcraft. You may remember a while back they decided to end multiboxing in World of Warcraft games. And they had some time before they were going to actually, you know, say, okay, this is the deadline, no more multiboxing. So there is a post by community manager Kyvax, and it is titled Policy Update for Input Broadcasting, May 2021. This is what it says. On November 3rd, 2020, we posted an update to our policy for input broadcasting software, and soon thereafter, we began taking action against accounts found to be using third-party software to automatically mirror keystrokes to multiple game clients. We find that, like full automation of play, multiple account mirroring disturbs the gameplay experience for the vast majority of players who control a single account at a time. We will now additionally prohibit the use of all software and hardware 
mechanisms to mirror commands to multiple World of Warcraft accounts at the same time or to automate or streamline multiboxing in any way. Players found to be in violation of this policy are subject to account actions. These actions can include warnings, account suspensions, and if necessary, permanent closure of the player's World of Warcraft account or accounts as activities which effectively replicate automated gameplay are contrary to the terms and conditions of the Blizzard end-user license EULA. We urge all players to cease using any means of mirroring game mirroring gameplay across multiple WoW accounts immediately in order to maintain uninterrupted access to World of Warcraft. Now, some of this, I'm going to guess, is people that were using it to somehow cheat the game in some capacity. And some of this, I think players were doing multi-boxing just because it was they were just playing by themselves and they weren't really interfering with anyone else and they just needed both characters for, for whatever. You know, some people just did it for fun and they weren't really doing anything bad or, you know, that sort of thing. But Blizzard doesn't want this anymore. And it's interesting to me that this particular thing was posted in the WoW Classic forums under the Burning Crusade Classic discussion. So I guess this is like... A way to let people know that you cannot multi-box really in any of, of the Warcraft games, but it seems like they're emphasizing don't do this in the Burning Crusade classic that's, I think, is in beta. Might be out soon, that kind of thing. So if you're doing that, you shouldn't do that anymore. You're running a risk. And with that, I'm going to end the show. I think I've been babbling on long enough, so... You have been listening to episode 306 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook, facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. It's also in the show notes on ShatteredSoulStone.com. Thank you for listening.